This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody. In Philadelphia, 76ers. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back into another post Sixers win Twitter space presented by Bet Parks. This will also be available on the 76ers Insiders podcast feed, also presented by Bet Parks over there. So if you're not following the 76ers Insiders feed, make sure you do so now. So if you have to leave early, you can catch us there. If you join late, you can catch us there. We're looking forward to getting into your questions, your comments, your thoughts about the 76ers. Second win in as many opportunities to open up their Eastern Conference quarterfinal matchup with the Toronto Raptors. Matt Murphy and Devon Givens are with me this morning. Guys... Good morning once again. What's up, Miss Rosen? What's up, Devon Givens? A 112-97 win for the 76ers over the Raptors to go up 2-0 in this first round Eastern Conference playoff series. And Devon, Toronto actually came out, got off to an 11-2 start, and the Sixers were able to weather that and then take control. What did you make about how they how they did just that and uh, turned the way the game was going around early on. Good morning to you both and good morning to everyone out there. Yes, that 8-0 start, then the 11-2, and at the end of one, the Raptors were still up by a point. And then all of a sudden, uh, just turning things around defensively in the second and third quarters where they only gave up 38 points between the two combined. So... I thought it was really impressive uh, with how they did it. It was a little different than what we saw in game one. So they just gave us a different formula of how to win, showing us that they can win in in different ways and different styles of of how they needed to do it. So not to uh, panic in the moment because of how Toronto got off to their good start. And uh, as you said, weathering that storm, I was really impressed. Toronto pulled the first punch last night, and you could expect them to do just that after getting, for lack of better term, rocked in game one. This is a team that's been physical, that's played tough all season long. So the Sixers probably expected that physicality early. Tyrese Maxey said last night that he only expects things to continue getting more physical as the series goes along. But Doc Rivers said it post-game, I agreed with Coach to see the Sixers rally and come up to the challenge, be just as physical rise to the occasion. I was really enthused by that opening, Devon, and you said it too. So let's go ahead and dive into the box score. That's how we like to open up these conversations. As I run through key stats from last night, this is another opportunity to tweet at us or send us DMs about what you think. If someone stands out to you that you're worried we're not going to talk about, make sure that you get those questions in now. So without further ado, the 76ers, Eastern Conference first round series, game two, Sixers take home a 112-97 victory led by Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid finished with a 31-point 
11 rebound double double he shot nine for 16 from the field 12 for 14 from the free throw line Tyrese Maxey another shining performance and let's let's say it up front one rebound and two assists shy of his first career triple double Unbelievable stuff from Tyrese Maxey early in this series. 23 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, and a block. He finished at plus 22. Tyrese extremely efficient from the floor. 8 for 11 from the field. His only 3 misses came as he went 3 for 6 from 3-point land. That's still showing that 3-point average from Tyrese Maxey that just continues to rise and, and stay as good as it's been in the second half of the season. Tyrese also 4 for 4 from the free throw line. Tobias Harris. A 20.10 rebound double-double, plus an assist and three blocks more on Tobias's defense later in the chat. But 11 for 7 for 11 from the field, 3 for 3 from deep, 3 for 4 from the line for Tobias. James Harden, 14 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Another big defensive performance in that starting lineup. Danny Green, perhaps the play of the night, but it went into his 11 points, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. Yes, we will get to that dunk in just a moment. Bench production, George Niang and Matisse Thibel each contribute five points. Shake Milton contributes three. B-Ball Paul came off the bench and supported Joel Embiid for the second straight game. It was big time, guys. The team shot 52.2% overall, 46.7% from deep, 86.7% from the free throw line. Devon, I'll start with you. Who stands out among the group? Uh, Tobias Harris, for me, uh, not only offensively, uh, again, clearing the 20-point mark, but uh, as he's really starting to find his way, and we've talked about it, he was really efficient, 7-4-11 last night, and uh, perfect from beyond, 3-for-3. Three three. But it was also, Lauren, as you mentioned, the defense that he's been playing these last two games that has really been uh, something that uh, I didn't expect. Not that he doesn't give his effort on that end of the floor, uh, it's just that how how good he has been there. You're not going to stop Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, who have had some decent games in these first two series. But it's just knowing that uh, you can also use that extra help on the wing in any NBA game. He has been one that has stood out with that performance on the other end of the floor more so than his offense. So just seeming a little more comfortable uh, as he has talked about openly uh, now being on the floor with James Harden and his teammates. And that is also carried over to the other end of the floor with his defensive performance. Yeah, alongside Harris, I'm going to point to, on the individual side, Joel Embiid with the 31-11 and 11 game. More particularly, the 19 points in the first quarter. A really strong start to the game for Embiid. Obviously got to the line a ton in the game, and especially during that quarter. Uh, Tobias was a great pick by Devon. From a team perspective, just wanted to highlight fast break points. It's something that, towards the end of a recent show, Devon pointed out maybe the preview of the series or perhaps after game one, but the idea that Toronto is known to rack up a lot of fast break points. Well, the Sixers have kind of turned that around in this series, and they won that category 22-10 in game two. And through two games, they have a 51-20 advantage in fast break points. Um, as we shift into questions and comments from the listeners, I want to start with a comment that we can just maybe expand upon. Winona said, Danny and the dunk. Fire emoji times four. Four fire emojis. Danny and the dunk. So the Danny Green dunk 
Maybe it doesn't show up in the box score other than as two points. But towards the end of the game, Danny Green got up, threw it down, and it was a, a huge talking point amongst his teammates after the game. Also, the celebration on the court was was so much fun to watch. Everybody was so excited for him. And then it was it was the story of the night, basically. So, Lauren, what what were some of your favorite things that people said about it, whether it was Danny, a teammate or Doc Rivers after? Yeah, the vibes had never been higher than they were in that exact moment. And Remy, who listens from France, thank you for, for listening. Remy also asked, could you talk about that DG dunk and the team's reactions? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Matt, you said it. He threw it down off that Tyrese Maxey assist. And Danny and Tyrese both post-game talked about the fact that there was a similar play when the guys were in Toronto a couple weeks back where Tyrese passed up ahead to Danny. Danny missed a layup. And Tyrese not thrilled. Danny also not thrilled in that play, in that moment. But... Tonight, or last night, rather, Danny knew what he had to do. He threw it down. The reactions were priceless. My favorite probably came from Tobias Harris after his 20-point 10 assist, 10 rebound, rather, double-double. Tobias said he didn't think that Danny was going to be able to dunk like that. Tobias was out in the corner, and he thought Danny was going to kick to him for the shot. Tobias said he watched Danny go up, and he was like, oh, no. And then it went just fine. He said that was tough, though. Uh, complimenting Danny postgame. Tyrese, similar thoughts. Joel Embiid, similar thoughts. Doc Rivers, similar thoughts. They all talked about what a big deal it was to see Danny be able to do that. And that, of course, should not disparage where Danny is. He's been wonderful for this team in these playoffs thus far. We just haven't really seen him dunk like that. And so it's nice to know whether you were surprised or not that he could. I think Danny didn't love how surprised everybody was to see him do exactly that. He of course, a prideful and powerful NBA player um, who's won three rings. So he didn't love all of the all of the shock value that that dunk brought. But maybe if he keeps doing it, people won't be surprised anymore. I also loved the way that George Niang ran to him immediately to make sure his knees were okay right after the dunk. Again, Danny probably didn't love that either, but the crowd did, the team did. It was awesome to see him raise the bar, raise the energy, raise the intensity that way after the Sixers had started to create separation when the Raptors came back late in that second half. That was a truly memorable moment, maybe one of my most memorable of the year, and I'm glad it stood out to so many people. Yeah, he. I, I got to be honest, when, when he went up there and attempted the dunk, I, I wasn't sure that it cleared the rim if Siakam had blocked it or what, uh, just because of the, the, the lack of dunks that we've seen from Danny Green since he's been here. But it was a great play. It just basically capped off the night where the crowd was once again so great in the building into every play, even from the start where the Sixers got down. But once they turned it up and uh, their defense just took over the game and the offensive production went along with it, um, it was a really good moment for Danny Green, the team, the fans as well, to, to see that happen. So it was pretty cool to watch that. Hey, it's Joe Conklin. Join me for Conklin's Comedy Night at Parks Casino, the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the official local casino partner of your Philadelphia 76ers. Tune in to 76ers games for special Parks Casino offers for fans. Watch all the action on the big screens at the Liberty Bell Gastro Pub or the Beer Garden. And come see me live with comedians from all across the country in 360 at Parks Casino. Visit parkscasino.com for tickets. Must be 21 or over. Can't be problem. Gambler. 
It was awesome. I'm going to dive into some more of our questions. Lots about Tyrese Maxey. Aaron said the Tyrese Maxey three after the loose ball midway through the fourth to put an end to the Raptors run was my favorite moment of the game. He's become so clutch. No doubt about it. We saw Tyrese excel in game one, posting that playoff career high 38 points, one point shy of his most points scored ever in an NBA game. And then to come back in game two, when no doubt Toronto had to scheme for Tyrese, prepare for Tyrese in ways that they didn't in game one and still almost get that first career triple double. Tyrese has been nothing but a joy and watching him hit that shot reminded me of a time earlier in the season when he talked about training with his dad in high school and going into gyms in Texas early in the morning when nobody was there. And something that his that his dad said that stuck with him was that when you put in work in the dark, it shows up in the light in front of thousands. And that was really, really what I thought of when the Sixers were under pressure and Tyrese is out there with all-stars, with MVPs, and he still has the confidence and the skill to take and make a massive shot. Matt Murphy, what stood out to you most about watching Tyrese last night? Two things I noted were post-game, in the post-game materials from the 76ers PR staff, one of the the ways that they referenced Tyrese Maxey was in his second career playoff start and I know it's only a second season but it was still a little bit weird to see in in a good way because it just shows you how poised he is for his age and it's his second start of the series and second start of his career at this level in this type of game and he's ready and it always seems like Tyrese Maxey is is ready to make that shot and the three that was referenced make the shot that the team needs when they need it and for as much as we've been talking recently about his increased three-point percentage from college to his rookie year to now how it has skyrocketed this year he makes big ones and it seems like they're when the team needs it most and he, he pulled up with confidence so he can make them in a lot of different ways and i have another um question from someone that I'm going to pose to Devon here that is about the first half in in my opinion and how they were able to overcome a a Toronto energetic start from Toronto I should say and then in the second quarter playing without Embiid but before I go to that uh, Devon what did what did you think about Maxi how he built off game one and got it going as game two moved along well, on that particular play that you both bring up, what was important for me and stood out was, number one, I thought Tobias Harris felt like Maxi was going to pick it up, and then Maxi felt like Tobias Harris was going to pick it up. And uh, I thought Harris, really just because of Maxi's speed, was going to allow him to do so and get into the open floor and uh, try to make something happen. But it was also the, an important part of the game, not that the Raptors were actually going to come back and win. We don't know. And that's because he snapped a 15-0 run. And that was important right there. He had the, the confidence to just pull up from where he did with uh, no one there to rebound. But once again, the Raptors won a 15-0 run. So that was an important bucket overall for the flow of the game in general. But I thought that he was good again, knowing that he was going to be on the scouting report. He was going to be high on that whiteboard of, of how to stop pregame Tyrese Maxey. And for me, it was really the adjustment of the second quarter more so after things got going in the first where he was on ball instead of being off the ball where James Harden was playing off the ball a little bit and allowing Maxi because he, he didn't really get going early so taking him 
and putting the ball in his hands and letting him just simply go to work against the defense, that's what turned it around for me for Maxi being able to, to do it that way. So I thought it was a really good adjustment from Doc Rivers and the coaching staff and the players as well, James Harden specifically, uh, wanting Tyrese Maxey to do exactly what he did, which was score the basketball after taking over the reins there. This leads nicely into uh, the question I was referencing from a listener because you brought up Harden there at the end, Devon, when we're talking about Maxi. So I'm going to come back to you. Teddy says or asks, actually, I guess says, not a question, but can you please shed light on the fact that it's been two games that we've we've been doing well during non embiid minutes, meaning the Sixers. So what do you think about the second quarter run and any other minutes in the game where the Sixers were able to have Embiid on the bench and play well in game two in particular, Paul Reed again got some minutes, brought some energy, but the way that Maxie and Harden played off each other, Devon was brought up by Doc Rivers post game. So what do you think about Teddy's thoughts there? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so the Maxie part, obviously I just laid that part out, but for Harden, I just think even despite his numbers and his numbers don't really stand, well, didn't stand out at least last night, uh, a little more so for game one, he seems to have a real good control of, of the offense and what he has to do against that Raptors defense. So when you have a veteran point guard who's been in a lot of these different spots and has seen a lot of different types of defenses like James Harden has, not much of a surprise. And knowing that he can lean on Tyrese Maxey and use that speed as a weapon and knowing that Maxi needed to turn it up a little bit more, that's what it was for me with those nine and B minutes where James Harden just simply had a good feel for what was going on. And then you play off of what Maxi needs to do offensively and can do offensively to, to help spark things and, and turn it around. So, yeah, they've had some really good nine and B minutes. Uh, another good showing from Paul Reed and his time out there, whether it was uh, trying to guard Pascal Siakam a little bit defensively and, and being a positive defender a little bit, plus defender, if you will, and uh, just doing everything else that needs to, to be done and not hunting any shots. So uh, I, I, I thought that they did a really good job with those nine and beat minutes, and they're going to have to carry that on the road and see if they can do that. It fed off the crowd a little bit. Sixers had the momentum after changing the course of the game after the first quarter. So... That's, for me, what stands out. Harden's control of the offense and understanding what the defense is giving him and trusting Tyrese Maxey as well as his running mate. I like this question from Corey. Guys, what's the team, a.k.a. Devon, Matt, and you, keys to the game for a win Wednesday in Toronto? It feels not dissimilar from what the keys were, at least in my opinion, after game one. When you win, and the Sixers, of course, the margin of victory not as steep in game two, but they did control the game from start to finish the way that they did in game one. You got to just stay sharp. Keep that intensity. I loved watching the Sixers match the intensity of the Raptors early in game two, because that, of course, it can always be a way that a series shifts. Danny Green said after game one that a series doesn't really start until you steal one on the road and talked about how much harder it is to win on the road in the playoffs. The Sixers did exactly what they set out to do in games one and two, but the real work starts here. It's hard to hone in on a specific key just because of how well the Sixers have executed thus far. Um, but that being said, the Sixers, of course, 
will be compensating for not having Matisse Thibel with them. Look for more Danny Green intensity on defense. Look for more opportunity perhaps from the Shake Miltons and Furkan Korkmazes of the world. George Niang could could figure to play heavier minutes. George got into a little bit of foul trouble in game two, ended up only playing nine minutes, but still shooting well in those nine minutes of play. So for me, it's all about intensity and bench play in game three. And, and I don't know if, if you need to look that much farther, but I know that Matt and Devon can. So Matt, Devon, what are your thoughts? Keys to game three. Well, these are some of the things that Corey, I'm seeing from Corey in a tweet about potential keys. Win the rebounding battle. 76ers bring the same energy. Sorry if you already, if I'm repeating these, but 10 plus dimes from Harden. Tobias has a similar performance to game two, question mark. For me, I'm going to echo what Joel Embiid said in his walk-off interview post-game, and and that was about cleaning up some turnovers. So the lack of turnovers or the way they were able to limit themselves to three, four turnovers in the first game, and then that number going up to 16 in which the Raptors scored 17 points, I'm going to look at that because Embiid had four, Harden had five. I think playing a, a cleaner game than game two... Not expecting to be as clean as game one, but maybe finding a little bit more of a a balance in your favor, especially in a road environment, would be my key to the game for game three. 100 percent. You have to protect the basketball. We saw what that could do for you in game one. Got a little sloppy at times in game two last night. Uh, Lauren, I'll I'll agree with you where I don't think you change much. Uh, They haven't yet to figure you out with what you've done. And there's no need to do so. So make them conform to what you're doing. They've tried everything so far. And they've, the physicality, they've tried to bring that, the chippiness, uh, which I liked. And then to see how the 76ers responded to that chippiness while only getting one one, um, double technical between Embiid and Ananobi. That, that was that was it. And I, I don't know what other answers they have. Now, it is going to be tough on the road in Toronto. It's not has not been a great place for the 76ers in the past. So we'll see how it goes. But I wouldn't change much of anything. The game plan is what the game plan is. And for the players who do need to step up in the absence of Matisse Thibel, uh, they know it's a big spot for them as well. They know what they can do. They know what a game three win could mean for the series overall. So don't change anything. Be exactly who you have been, be who you are, and go up there and get the win. It's a tough environment. The Raptors did get three out of four in the regular season. They got the Sixers a couple weeks ago, but the Sixers were not playing the way that they've played in games one and two a couple weeks back. So really exciting start for the 76ers. Can't really write it out better than what they've been able to do so far. Also probably worth noting that because of how physical last night was and Tyrese Maxey anticipates it being even more physical, the Sixers could be a little dinged up. But that being said, the guys post-game last night said there was nothing to worry about. Looking forward to seeing the way that they rise to the occasion, continue to rise to the occasion, and hopefully make this a little bit of a quicker series. Um, Matt, Devon, I'm not sure what you guys have in your DMs, but anything we want to grab before we go? Yeah, I think we're, we're wrapping a little bit earlier than a normal one today just for scheduling reasons, but... I saw a tweet come through from Amber asking about the atmosphere after the Danny dunk, and I know we touched on that a little bit at the beginning, but the line that Amber said, quote, the place has to be one of the greatest places to watch sports in the world with the heart eye emojis. 
So I throw that to you, Lauren, for some of your favorite highlights from the crowd, maybe through the first two games of this series, because they were they were a big factor. They were into it through the first couple games of this one. Well, you got to love the showmanship from guys like Joel Embiid, who you've seen it from before. Of course, he's emoting a little bit more than we've seen him emote in a while over the first two games. But Tyrese Maxey also has become, of course, beloved by the crowd, but he loves the crowd equally. So really cool to see Tyrese embrace them in return. James Harden getting involved in the crowd and then the crowd embracing all of them right back. We've heard B-Ball Paul chants. We've heard Maxey chants. We've heard many, many MVP chants as the time has gone along. It's a really, really special place to watch basketball. I hope those that listen are able to attend one of these games in person and if you are international i also hope that you'll be able to attend one of these games in person at some point matt devon someone we haven't talked about enough on this space and i think we can wrap it with him joel Embiid. i want to leave it out for you guys obviously mvp voting has closed and that fate is sealed but joel clearly playing with a chip on his shoulder as he always does he feels he has a lot to prove in this playoff run uh, Devon, I'll start with you. What has impressed you most about what you've seen from Joel Embiid in games one and two? Playing through uh, all the all the attention that he's getting on the offensive end where you know that the double and triple teams are going to come his way. And he knows that and he's handling it very well, despite the turnovers last night. Yeah, I thought he's he, I thought that he has done a really good job in uh, dealing with that still making his free throws and playing some solid defense and taking on the challenge of whoever's in front of him if a switch happens. And uh, also the communication, seeing him talk to his teammates uh, uh, quite a bit, specifically during the uh, uh, dead ball timeouts and uh, how things need to be. So we're used to seeing the points that that he puts up, but it's the other things that I'm also watching to see how he is maneuvering through all of those things as the game progresses. And he continues to do so. And they're going to need it in a big way on a road in that tough environment that you mentioned. And you know that the defense is still going to be there depending on how many injuries they have or don't have, who's available um, to, to have those players defend him. They're going to need another solid, or if not great performance, MVP-like, if you will, on the road. So very impressed with Embiid and playing through it when he seems like he's a little banged up, whether it's the knee or something else, uh, as he's being hit quite a bit, in my opinion. Um, he uh, he's he's played well in these first two games. Devon with the good, the great analysis, as always, the 10th 30 point, 10 rebound game of Embiid's playoff career, becoming the third 76er in team history with at least 10 such games joining Hall of Famers Wilt Chamberlain and Dolph Shays. My closing thought about Embiid in Game 2 is from Dawn Staley on her Twitter account. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your at NBA MVP at Joel Embiid. And it's a photo of them in the locker room after the game. It was cool to have Dawn Staley ring the bell and then some of the photos with some of the players after the game capped off. Uh, a good night for the Sixers in game two, up 2-0 in the series. Got to get some commotion for that Dior jacket. I don't know if it was a raincoat or a jacket or what, but Don Staley always makes a statement. And I never get starstruck at games. I got a little starstruck when she rang the bell. So North Philly's very own. Really cool to see her there and to see her interacting with the guys post-game. So as we look ahead, the 76ers will play game three in Toronto tomorrow night. 
Matt, Devon, and I will hope to be back with you on Thursday morning for a post Sixers win Twitter space. But either way, we'll be back with you before game four, which comes on Saturday, a day game, game four, also in Toronto. The Sixers might not have to bring the series back home, but should they have to, game five opportunity next week in South Philadelphia. As always, these post Sixers win Twitter spaces presented by Bet Parks are going to be available on the 76ers Insiders podcast feed. So if you joined us late, please feel free to check us out there. Even if you didn't join us late, Matt Murphy has some recent interviews up on that feed that have been really awesome with some of your favorite 76ers. So make sure you're following the 76ers Insiders podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. My last plug before I turn it over to Matt and Devon, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris played excellent last night. And those are George Niang's two latest guests on the big Niang theory, which you can also find wherever you get your podcasts. The Tobias episode, I loved every episode this season, but the Tobias episode episode was my favorite. And so if you're coming over to the Tobias Harris bandwagon, now is the time. The time has never been better. And that episode will definitely help you get enthusiastic about Tobias Harris. So that's the Big Niang Theory, part of the 76ers Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, Devon, I'll let you guys shut this one down. That's it. We'd, I don't think I have anything to add. Devon, feel free. Any final thoughts? But uh, glad that we got to cover a lot of the Game 2 stuff and the series stuff as a whole with the Sixers up 2-0 on the Raptors in the 4-5 series. Always great to hear everyone's comments and questions. Looking forward to doing it again soon. Thanks for being here. And Devon, always good to chat with you as well. So thanks for being back. Always great to be with you guys. Uh, always enjoy this, especially after wins. So now I'm just going to go do some leg work so I can get up and dunk like Danny Green. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, everybody. I love it. Thanks, guys. See ya. Take care. All right. Take care.